What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked, episode 433 for, gosh, March 3rd already. We're into March. Coming up on this week's show, lots to talk about. GDC is postponed, hmm. uh, which means no Xbox events. We'll talk to you about what Microsoft said about the situation here in San Francisco and the GDC. Plus, uh, we've got some interesting follow-ups on the quick resume feature for the Xbox Series X. Phil Spencer talking about the future of physical set-top box consoles, all that and more coming up on Podcast Unlocked. All right, what's happening, friends? Ryan McCaffrey with you. To my right, joining us awesomely, Janet Garcia. Great to see you. Good to be here. Uh, we've got Brandon Tyrell. Hello. Thematically dressed today. Yes, very green. Yeah. Right? You're just you're the, you're ba- matching the light. The goal is, if I don't know what to say, I just blend into <laughs> the background. Just, just morph into the background. Yeah. You're a human green screen. Thank you. <laughs> Miranda Sanchez, hi. Bam. Hello. Nice. We got we got to pass it on. Someone's got to do it. Yeah. Well done. I always feel bad when we forget to do it when Dustin's not here, and I feel like we let people down. <laughs> we don't give them a good bam maybe we should do a collective bam and blow out everyone's eardrums yeah. no, let's not do that uh so destin wussed out again i mean last week he said well let's let simon cardi be on because he's visiting from the uk this week he had some dumb excuse about work <laughs> that's not we that's all not work at the same guys. place yeah yeah i don't get it we all have work to do but i'm happy to have janet here because <laughs> a we haven't seen you in a long time yeah on the show but b uh, you led the charge on our preview coverage of Ori and the Will of the Wisps. That's where I want to start. Is uh, who, who else? Brandon, you were there. <clears throat> yep. Brandon, did you get to go? You I didn't did either. Okay, so good. At least got two people. Yes. To, I can pitch you against each. No, it's a really good game. <laughs> we did sit by side by side. So we did. We it was did. pretty competitive. Yeah. yeah. Do tell us. I want to hear because I was supposed to go and I was sick that day. Yes. So I had to had to bail out. But yeah, how was it? I mean, I think going in, we all expect this game. To be great, not just good, but but absolutely great, because the first one was great. So how how the Will of the Wisps feel? Yeah, I I think it totally lived up to those expectations, if not even pushing a bit beyond that. Um, yeah, it was absolutely wonderful. I was a little, I, I always like to approach things with a healthy amount of skepticism um, and definitely criticism when it's a preview. Absolutely. Obviously, previews it's are always a weird beast because it's like, even if you love it or you hate it, it you don't want to be too declarative because we don't know what the final build is. We don't right. know how the whole game plays out. They're always showing you mm-hmm. the part, the, there's a reason you're seeing the part of the yes. game you're seeing, because that's what they want you to see. Well, no, I, I thought what was interesting about this one is they did just start us at the beginning, which yeah. um, was great because you get, well. you get a nice sense of what a player would really experience day one. Um, and at first, I was a little bit skeptical about some of the new things they were introducing, uh, namely the sword, which is called uh, Spirit Edge, I think is Something the official like that. name. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, oh, I don't know, Ori with a sword? Like, that's either going to get people super hyped up. Swordy? Or, or Swordy, as, <laughs> no. as he will henceforth be known. Um, I'm like, that's either going to be super exciting or kind of like, ooh, I don't know. But uh, I grew to really like it. I thought it was so much more active than um, the little spirit flame you had before where you'd shoot out. And um, the big thing I took away from this was the emphasis on combat. Mm -hmm. Like, it was so combat-focused. I think even more so than the first game because you have so many more weapons and and abilities. But um, what really got me excited was how 
great the platforming is. Like it's back again, better than ever, and that's what I really loved about Ori in the Blind For- Ori in the Blind Forest, and what I subsequently love about Wolf of the Wisps. Like I just love those amazing platforming jungle gym set pieces. Like that's my favorite part of the game, and and it's back. Yeah, Brendan, how how did it sit with you? Yeah, I agree with almost everything that Janet said. I mean, there is a huge emphasis on this sort of kind of kinetic feel of combat to it, just based on like, there's so many things to unlock and to buy and to purchase. Uh, You know, you can upgrade just like normal, but now you have so many different opportunities to like customize your character in ways that... I'm not going to say they fundamentally change the way the game plays, but it is like a much more different path you can take each time. The other thing I noticed is that because the uh, the focus is is so clearly on combat, or at least it was in the first two hours mm-hmm. of the preview. I mean, at one point you find a torch and you have to use this torch to break bramble walls before you even get a weapon in the game. Yeah. So it's sort of a way of giving you a weapon to say like, hey, this is what it's going to be about for the, the next you know little while. And then they they start that slow on-ramp of power that you're used to in an Ori game. Um, but I will say it was nice. There was a, a, a really a juxtaposition that I appreciated because the gameplay was so combat-focused. But the beginning of the game is still an Ori game. Like, it still is very much what you remember from Ori 1. Mm-hmm. There is very heartfelt moments, and there are some obstacles to overcome this time. Really try not to spoil anything. Um and again, once you overcome that, it's it's very much a fish out of water kind of lost and alone experience. Um, so the narrative heartstrings that they pulled in the first game are still very much there, but now it's at this like weird kind of breakneck pace yeah. where you feel like you're constantly ramping up faster and faster. And it, it fits. It works because you've already had the experience of Ori 1. You know this little, you know translucent illuminated squirrel is uh is a badass right and and you go into the game knowing that feeling that and so the on-ramp of abilities and things that you're given is so much faster we by the end of our two hour i think it was two hours Mm -hmm. at the end of our two hour demo we had abilities that you didn't get until like you know well into ori one yeah yeah which really makes me wonder Okay, like how much is there going to be? Because I'm, I honestly started getting like a little, a little bit of anxiety. Like, oh my god, am I picking the wrong thing? Can't you switch your loadouts? You can't fly in this one. You can, but you can only equip things that you've already purchased. So, okay, uh, you know there are NPCs in the game now Mm -hmm. and and merchants to buy stuff from. So you get to the bird with the mask and the bag full of goodies, and he's like, hey, what do you want to buy? And you're like, all right, well, I only have... Why is he so gruff? <laughs> what, do you what, want? what do you want to buy? I'm well, uh, the guy from Star Wars episode welcome 7. Welcome to my tree. Uh, and you're like, I only have 600 schmeckles. What do I buy for 600 schmeckles? I can get the sword, or I can get the laser blaster, or I can get the butterfly that shoots my enemies for me. I got the butterfly that Obviously shot my enemies for me. Butterfly was so I rad. Absolutely I absolutely love too. when games have like a, a weapon or ability where it's just sending a thing yeah. to fight for you. It's passive. It's one of my yes. favorite yeah. things. I, it, and it's, it's just... And I I think that's something that was really cool about um, Ori and the Will of the Wisps as well. It really caters to not only different play styles, but also like different difficulty levels. And not mm-hmm. just in the fact that they have, you know, normal, easy, and I think they have hard as well, right? Just the yeah. standard three. <laughs> easy, normal, and water And something tower. else. <laughs> that was my favorite part of that first game. The, the Ginso tree. Or oh, the, when, you, yeah. when you get through it, it feels so good. It's so great. It's uh, That was like instant capture or like auto capture on Xbox. It was so great. Um, but they also have like those abilities where if you know you're like, 
you know, I think at this point we all kind of know our strengths as as gamers. And if you know you're not that into the combat, maybe you will get the butterfly. Maybe you will end up equipping something that makes it so you take less damage. So, and there's also uh, conversely an item you can equip where you do more damage, but you also take the same amount of. Damage. Oh, I like that. Fifteen what, up, cool. fifteen down. What are those called again? Um, spirit charts. Spirit charts, right? Yeah. Risk reward. They're basically traits. Absolutely. Yeah. And then there's really cool ways to like cheese that as well. Like I was talking to uh, the composer of the game, and he's like, what he did was he equipped the one that goes um, 15% up, 15% down, but he also equipped the 10% extra defense, so it was less of a con. (laughs) And I'm like, that's, and it was like a guides person. I'm like, ooh, that's good. I'm going to, I'm going to write that down. And I think that's so smart. And they have all these different ways that, that you can play it up or change it up, whether you're in a boss battle or a really hard platforming section. Um, There's just like a lot of diversity in that. And uh, when, during my interview portion, like one thing that the producer mentioned was so many people, when they would watch playthroughs of Ori in the Blind Forest, the playthrough kind of looked the same for a lot of people. And and they, what they like about World of the Wisps is that everyone's playthrough looks a little bit different. So like when I would look over to your mom, Monitor, you might have like a different ability that I didn't have and that would shift how you experience the world versus me and I think that's really really strong right. in the game yeah I, I I found it particularly effective to uh, sort of the synergy between abilities like the to not to harp on it but the butterfly again like I had the sword and there are different abilities you can select you can like a charge up spirit er- spear spirit arrow whatever yeah. it is um, and honestly, I forget all of them, but there are a bunch of different options and all of them were fairly useful in their own right. But there are a lot of the old enemies are returning again in this game, but there are a bunch of new ones. A couple of them are really aggressive to the point where like they land on the ground and it's it feels like a uh, like a knockdown drag out like Duke fighting fight. game. Kind of yeah, like quick, quick. But it felt really good to like hop in the air pop my butterfly there, land on the ground and use my sword and just beat that thing's ass just right yep. into the ground because I smack it and then it rears back to hit me and my butterfly pops it and I'm like. <laughs> so it feels it feels really good to mix and match in that regard. And just to touch on one other thing that Janet said, boss battles are in the game now. So, oh, that's uh, going to be good. In the in the past, it was very much like chase sequences right. or uh, what was the owl's name? Talon, Shadow, something like that. I don't know. Something yeah, right. dark and ominous. Although boss battles in an Ori game, should I buy a second controller in the in anticipation of smashing the first one in frustration <laughs> in the boss I, fight? I thought it was it wasn't too bad. Not it was, too bad? It, but it was the first ones, and that was something that I put in my preview where I'm like wasn't in love with them, but they could like build and scale more. That's what um, I think it is. Yeah, I think one of the it's either either we're gonna see them scale and get really hard, or maybe they'll stay at kind of the same. They're very beautiful. Like yeah. the just having those giant like beasts come after you because Ori is so small. Like Ori is so small that like a rock is bigger than Ori. Yeah. Like it's a tiny little character. So I like that fear. You know, it gives me that like uh, anyone that played Unravel will recognize that kind of setup. Um, but you know, it's very like okay, there's like a fire wave and you jump over it and then like it's it's very kind of um methodical yeah it's very methodical and a lot of boss battles are because you you also want to design it so that the players like have a chance to do it and to learn it recognition yeah and and i love a good pattern recognition boss i think um maybe you know i I think it'll be interesting if they incorporate more of the platforming because what we fought was very like down to the ground combat focus instead Mm -hmm. of off the wall so um i'm looking forward to i hope they get creative with it because to me i'm like they added it they had to have added it for a reason i personally haven't seen that yet but that doesn't mean it's not going to be there in the final product uh i saw aaron greenberg on posting on twitter he was running around the halls at xbox campus wearing a an ori onesie oh Oh, i saw that that's good how is there and back me up on this miranda i 
How is there not an Ori plush? There is. There is. The, yeah, yes. I've seen that. Okay. There's, there's one, right. and there's Thank a. New, there's. I don't. I'm like. Is that the thing? I'm like, is this plush it. embargo? There's a new. <laughs> um, they at the event they had like the owl and Ori oh, on right. it. It's magnetic, and Ori holds onto it. And the owl's made of this really interesting fabric that's kind of like. Um, more textured, but it, it's still soft. So it's a good plush. It is going to be for sale. I did ask nice. that. Can confirm it is for sale. Um, I'm going to count that as part of the interview, so I think I can mention that. But yeah, yeah. Um, so they do have that. And the, the first game, they had Ori, and it was like Sleeping Ori held by, oh, what's the name of, you know, I forgot the name of the character. Yeah. The cute, you know, yeah. we know who it is. Not, not the spider one, but the bear one. Yes, the yeah. bear one. Um, I don't know what the real names of these are, but I, I love how games have that when there's like too much jargon or, or names. You're just like the bear. Well, that's a great thing is all the narrative of that is. And I'm like, oh, that's so true. Yeah, yeah uh, it is. To... You speak to my heart, narrator. <laughs> but yeah, they, have, they got uh, they still got uh, some some good plushes. So. Yeah, I have to get one of those plushes for my daughter. Yes. Sure. Yes. Yeah. For your daughter. Just own it. Or for I, yourself. No, Just cute. look at my desk. Why not? It's fine. You bought it's a five hundred dollars sheep. No, I didn't buy it. Okay. Right. Let's not call anything, anyone out. I, yeah. with like 20 or 30... I'm not uh, saying it in judgment. I'm coalition of the willing. We yeah. got the the big sheep. And big sheep is arriving Pokemon. on Thursday. Yes. Yeah, I think oh, there's a Twitter account for it. I can't remember the handle. I, think I think so. Big sheep Marie IGN Is there going to be an unboxing of this, by We're, the way? We, we uh, put in a Trello card to try to okay. get an unboxing going down. <laughs> We're also going to do like some photo shoot stuff. You know, you can you can take a picture with it for the gram if you want. Nice. Um, that's that's not Xbox related, but uh, plushes are, I think, are universal across yes. this platforms. Is true. This is a fact. So, yeah. uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up with Ori before we move on is, so I just double checked early in the conversation. Will the Wisps is coming out exactly to the day, five years after oh, wow. Wine Forest hey, in that's March really 11, cool. 2015 to 2020. Uh, how, and the first one still Hold is up, still up. a beautiful game yeah. from, a, from a technical artistic perspective. How good did this one look sitting down in front of what I'm sure were 4K monitors? They, they were very much 4K. Yeah. All, so. all four of the Ks were there and it looks wow. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, Ori looked beautiful as well. Ori's got this really awesome art style where it's almost ethereal kind of. There's yes. A, there's a lot of gradients. There's a lot of like backlighting and and sort of illumination plays a huge part of it. And that's all on display here as well. But what I took away from it is it looks so much more detailed mm-hmm. this time, mm-hmm. like just the amount of details. And look, that game takes place in a forest. It's really easy to get lost in there. Um, but I, I really did honestly feel like it looked so much more detailed, especially sort of weird ramshackle huts and, and uh, little small villages that you saw along the way indicating, you know, the, the new addition of PCs and all that. But I never felt lost. Like, I never felt like anything stood out. And I think mm-hmm. it's a really, it's a really, really admirable thing to be able to make something look super detailed without having it either drowned in the background or have elements that aren't interactive pop into the foreground. Yeah. Yeah, I think they do a good job utilizing the background, which they did do in, in Blind Forest. It just feels like in, in every way, both visually, musically, and gameplay-wise, this is a better version of yeah. what came before. Um, and it's really building on those ideas, um, not just in the gameplay, but also in the visuals. So yeah, it looked gorgeous. Um, the style is pretty much the same as Blind Forest. So it's like picture Blind Forest, but more beautiful, more broke, lifelike. If it don't fix it. Yeah, and I think, I think it's a little bit more light this time around. Because I remember starting off Blind Forest, which I, I replayed the first like hour or so leading up to the preview. And it's a very like, it leans heavier on the darks and the purples and the blues. And this yeah. game definitely has lots, lots of, purples. of purples and blues, but it also has those lush greens. And, mm-hmm. and I think there's, 
it seems like there's going to be more visual and environmental diversity in this forest, which I think is really exciting. One thing, uh, sort of a final point, I mm-hmm. guess, is you called out in your preview, and everybody should go read or watch, Janet. It's, or uh, read and watch. Let it play in the background, watch. is what <laughs> I tell people. Ori and the Will of the Wisps, the final preview. Yes. Look it up on IGN or YouTube. Uh, you called out something I thought was a really clever observation, really sort of excellent observation about how the an- the subtle little animations in just the static environment mm-hmm. of like branches swaying and like it it it, it lent a, a lot of life to to yeah. each scene right yeah. yeah yeah and the um building on that too something i i also mentioned in the same preview is the platforming not only feels good but it looks so beautiful like seeing like when ori jumps he'll like do these kind of crazy acrobatic spins and and, and it and it it felt like a more lively beautiful looking of like that classic um kind of ps2 360 era um of like platformers where it kind of played so much with the environment um so yeah it just it just felt and looked really great excellent yeah i feel like feel like i'm gonna need a Hopefully the the early part of the game allows for this. I feel like I'm going to need a little time to to kind of get my bearings after mm-hmm. not playing because I remember what I remember about the first one is that at first the jumping the platforming felt like I wasn't. It took me time to kind of learn it. Like there's like sort of a, a super style slight or a, delay yes, to it. There's sort of a, yeah. a it's got its own unique feel yeah. to it. But then once you get, or at least once I settled in, it felt you know it was great. So I wonder if I feel like I'll probably need that again after five yeah. years. I think they provide so that. We we only got two hours with it, right? And we both made it to the end of our two hour demo. I felt the exact same way. I'm like, yeah. man, it's been it's been like two years since I've played this. There's no way. And then. The thing to remember is you start that game with a single solitary jump. You can jump once and then they slowly mm. build on it and yeah. add. So by the time you're getting each new piece, you've already mastered the piece before it. Really smart design. Um, but it, it, it comes back so quick. Yeah. Excellent. All right. And then we've got, by the way, it's one week. Yeah. One day week one, day one on Game Pass. So yes, it's crazy. Which, yeah. It, I mean, pass. yeah, this is argue. Well, no, I guess Gear, Gears 5 launched straight into Game Pass mm-hmm. and that was a extremely big deal well-regarded game so here you go 2020 is the year where game pass if <laughs> as if it wasn't already paying off but now yeah. the first party big awesome exclusives launching straight yeah in and, and uh really quick ori in the bun forest was the first because i got the xbox one later than like i didn't get it when it first came out that was the first game on xbox that i really really loved so mm-hmm. i like for me you know I, I love being able to be here and to, and to talk about it on this show because like to me ori and xbox they're so like married like my love of the xbox one started with ori in the blind forest so it's it's so great to be here five years later and getting to jump back into that universe again it's, it's really exciting yeah i can't wait yay next yay. week yay. all right uh let's do some news now gdc as you may or probably have heard by now because boy was it it big game industry news it has been postponed to the summer now uh i want to clarify i'm Absolutely not rooting for it to be canceled, but uh, when they said postponed, I, I'm just skeptical, honestly, yeah. that it's that it is going to come back around this year because uh, unless unless the show organizers already had built-in contingencies for this, which they might, I don't know. You know, I don't I don't know if they account for natural, you know, sort of acts of God, or in this case, a, a, a possible epidemic of a virus. But I just don't see how they're going to be able to find a date where the Moscone Center, where it's held in San Francisco, is available and the industry itself 
is available because right. the summer is a busy time. It is, even though with events. Yeah, right. There aren't a lot of game releases in the summer, but there are a ton of events throughout the summer. So I'm a little skeptical that that GDC is going to happen this year. But for now, the show organizers say it will uh, happen at some point in the summertime. Yeah, I just don't know when. When when would that be? I mean. E3 June, like Omicron July, Gamescom yeah. August, TGS PAX September, West. PAX West between August, August September. September. Yeah, I think it's also a question of when are, will people feel comfortable going to events too? Because obviously everyone's seeking massive progressions. Like I know a lot of companies aren't letting their employees travel for anything anymore just because they want to keep everyone as healthy as possible and like reduce potential spread of the right. virus. And like there's all these precautions that people are taking and I don't, we don't know how long it's going to go on. Um, yeah, that's a great on. point too. I mean, it, there, I mean, there's already rumblings of like, well, is E3 really going to happen? And well, I, I 100% think it'll happen. Yeah, but you know, people are f- uh, forecasting that amount of caution into the future, and and, and which is wise. I mean, I because mm-hmm. I agree, we would we, we just don't know. Because we have this thing's getting worse yeah. week by week yeah. as far as the number of cases and yeah. and the spread of it. It is <laughs> it is not getting better. It is not it is it is trending in the wrong. Direction. And not to be like to scare anyone or anything. I know there's like a lot of news about this that is very intense. That is you, very, and like, you don't want to tune into an Xbox show to hear about this, right? Stuff. Yeah, I get but it. it is something that impacts every single industry, and especially in, in an industry where we go to conventions to touch things. Um, you know, that's a, a little bit tough there. If you know you want to wash your hands constantly, and you can only do that so often, hand sanitizer yeah. does help. Yeah, I mean, how many times? <laughs> how many times do we leave a con with the Pax Plague or the con flu or whatever? It happens. Yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of people in a small space doing a lot of exchanging of hard plastic materials so you're right about e3 though i mean i think it's fair that it's it's on cancellation watch for right sure. now yeah. I mean, it's, right uh to to be 100 percent clear we we did reach out to the esa which puts on e3 they gave us a, a statement and they did say everyone is watching the situation very closely we will continue to be as vigilant as our first priority is the health, wellness, and safety of all of our exhibitors and attendees. Given what we know at this time, we are moving ahead full speed with E3 2020 planning. Exhibit and registrations are uh, are on track for an exciting show in June. So we'll see. But I think we have to prepare ourselves as media who cover E3 to be uh, not able to go play Series X games, which would be a real shame, and instead watch Nintendo Direct, Xbox Direct, yeah. uh, Ubisoft Direct, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's, it's, it's on the table. We'll point. just have to play the games we already have. Just hop on Game Pass. That's true. <laughs> just hang out I mean, there. But we, yeah, I think it's on the table for sure. If we all collectively agree to take 2020 off and just get through oh. our backlog... We, we still wouldn't make not, it. We, no, oh, not, never. Not the no. worst thing. We'd be like, actually, I just ended up watching the show on Netflix for like three hours, and then I went to sleep in, in my shame. Actually, I just ended up scrolling through the menu of Netflix, wondering what to watch for three or it's hours, like, right. I thought, and I went to sleep. I've been thinking about this game all day, but I didn't actually download it, so now I guess this is tomorrow's game, maybe. A um, little Final Fantasy remake blues in there. But yeah, me. I mean, it would be shocking if E3 uh, got canceled over this, but I think it's definitely on the table in the sense that um, I just see this getting worse before it gets better. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just because, yeah. And like with it, it's only fall right now or like um, spring, fall? I guess. We just started in spring. It's March. <laughs> where it is time. Janet's in Australia right yes. now. Um, it, it, <laughs> y- yes. <laughs> I was going to say something snooty, but I'm like, I'm just going to keep moving. But yeah, it is, it is now officially spring, according to some. Um, and, you know, it's 
close enough that if this kind of thing is happening now, like who's to say it won't ramp up? And I think in the case of GDC, um, you know, obviously we're not part of it in the sense that we don't know what's happening behind closed doors. But for me, I was like, okay, I think this might get canceled as more and more people was were kind of pulling out. It's yeah. like, at what point is there not is there no longer a show to even run, even if you did do it? So, um, yeah. And I think with, you know, a lot of places have legislation in place where they can stop massive gatherings due to epidemics and things. And so it might not even be in their control at the end of the day. It could just True. be like a, a governmental thing. So, you know, hopefully... Not uh, not just because we want it to happen, but because hopefully this issue is better by then. Sure hope so. Yes. Uh, Microsoft, of course, part was due to be part of GDC. They were going to have an ID at Xbox showcase that we were all going to go to, as well as an Xbox game showcase. It's one of my favorite events of the year. Uh, which, Brandon, I know you and I specifically were extra excited because it's been actual years since Microsoft has done a spring showcase because yeah. they haven't had the games to do it. <clears throat> But now they finally do, and here we are. I'm not super duper worried about it. I mean, obviously, they'll get that message out and get it in yeah. hands of the people who need to be playing it at some point. Um, disappointed for sure. Like, I was really looking forward to that event, but, you know, understanding the situation the way it is, um, I still feel like it's Microsoft's coming out party. This is the year. So oh, absolutely. we'll just have to push it back a little bit. Yeah. But it's uh, still happening. Party's still on. Yeah, party's still on. <laughs> so the, my, my, my parents aren't leaving till eight now, but the party's still on. <laughs> uh, Microsoft's statement. So Microsoft, you, you alluded to it, Janet, is one major exhibitor after another started uh, canceling their GDC plans until finally last Friday, GDC was officially postponed. Yeah. And so Microsoft was one of the ones that, that uh, did back out prior to that final announcement. It, with this statement, they said, after a close review of guidance by global health authorities and out of an abundance of caution, we've made the difficult decision to withdraw from participating at Game Developers Conference 2020 in San Francisco. The health and safety of players, developers, employees, and our partners around the world is our top priority especially as the world is experiencing growing public health risks associated with coronavirus. In light of this, we plan to move our presence to a digital-only event March 16th to 18th, excuse me, 16th to 18th, held on Microsoft.com slash GameStack. This event will feature the majority of our planned game, develop, game developer sessions and experiences, which will be streamed live and available on demand. So there will still be some Microsoft uh, GDC panel kind yeah. of content happening the same week. It will instead be a, a virtual conference rather than a meat space a conference. webinar, if you will. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, as you said, Brandon, I'm sure we will get to check out that spring Xbox One lineup in some way, somehow. You know, it's, uh, it's Wasteland 3. It's Gears Tactics. It's, uh, let's see, Ori will be out. Mm -hmm. There's Grounded. There's... I know I'm leaving stuff Ble out. Bleeding Edge. Thank you, Bleeding Edge. That's uh, that's on its way. That's pretty imminent as well. So. And then also all the ID at Xbox games. Yeah, so. everything that was... I didn't even... We didn't even make it so far as... To I figure out what they are. This well, time. I didn't get yeah. the list. Yeah, it yeah. was canceled before I got the list of what the titles for that ID at Xbox I want to know Xbox where Ooblets is. Yeah. Still waiting for Ooblets. Can you still go down the street and ask? They're not are, publishing anymore. They're not... Pu oh, oh, that's right. I think you told me yeah. that at some point. Yeah. Mm. Where's Ooblets, y'all? That's like yeah. one of my most anticipated games of the year every yeah. year until it comes out. Yes. My number one ID at Xbox game right now is, by, and it's by a mile. Let's not say there aren't a bunch of great ones mm -hmm. out there, but the, the one that I have super visibility on that I've seen, actually I've played it, 
is 12 minutes. Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. looks really yeah. good. Was, that was one of the great surprises for me at E3 last year. Got to play it behind closed doors at the show last year. And I have thought about that game a lot. Like, it looks really good. I love games like that. Yeah. yeah. It's, I'm not normally a big roguelike player, but it's, it's sort of a almost, it, you know, it's obviously roguelike kind of under the hood, but it's more of a narrative yeah. experience that's just kind of got. I didn't actually know it had a roguelike. roguelike hook. Well, in the sense that you're. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm explaining it badly. Yeah, but I don't it, know if roguelike is it quite maybe the term for it, just because of. I mean, the setup is familiar to it because you you're constantly yeah you're kind of looping over and over. Chris Nolan yeah. presents ID at Xbox. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's fair. Yeah. I'm sold. There's another yeah, game like that that I will not mention, but you know what it is. Uh, yes, yes, I think I know. <laughs> I, like, I like this. I think I'm out of the. <laughs> The, the, people the, always mentions. The, the people listening can't see your finger guns. It's, it's, it's wild that you are out of the loop on this one. <laughs> Not piecing it together, Ryan. <laughs> no. Anyway, moving on. Oh, my goodness. Um, it's Outer Worlds, right? <laughs> <laughs> that just makes her mad. Also a Game Pass game. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I just, love that both just, are in Game just Pass. Just search O and download everything you see. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be a long list. Ooblets will be in that. Yes. Hopefully eventually. That'd be great. Miranda is the champion of all games that start with the letter O. o. Yeah. O- Okami? I like Okami. Yeah. Overwatch, Otogi? I'm a little mixed on. Otogi? Original Xbox? I didn't play that one. I know of it. It's really well, good. I could be a From software. <laughs> yeah. Good times. Well, since we're all talking about our idea at Xbox games, I just want to say, when am I going to get to play as my cute little Zelda Fox tunic? Oh yes. yeah, that game looks great too. Gosh, that was another one. I was that one up. Too. I feel like we could make a whole what? list of idea Xbox games we really, really want to play. Yeah, one, my a lot favorite, of them are by Finji. So my favorite genre is uh, cute. That's that. Yeah. So that's I'm a like, genre? yes. I'm like, oh, cute like. Okay, Fox. Yes, yes cute. Like. Ooblet, cute, cute, like. cute. So good. Yes. Uh, I really want to make a list good. of the best cute games because, like, I just love a good cute game. Yeah. And if you mix it with like cute and dark, it's kind of what Ori is, where it's like it's cute, yeah. but it's also dark. Very, yeah. And it's like, are you adorable? But it's everything trying to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Download. Love it. It makes it add to cart. Yeah. It adds to the sense of drama because not only is a thing trying to kill you, but you're also super cute and don't deserve it. I think from software is actually really good at that too. Yeah. Speaking of them, they have yeah. a lot of very cute things, but everything's trying to kill you or is spooky, but still cute. So that well, was that, the list I was going to make one day. That's what. <laughs> Cutest things in Dark Souls and Bloodborne. They're That'd top, be really good. Top 10 adorable things fighting for its life. The message is so good. Uh, yeah. Oh, Tunic. I'm glad you reminded me. That's why I'm looking forward to Tunic. Yes. It's because it's got the lock on sort of frumsian, which is a term I'm going to start using now instead was, of souls like. Yeah. It's got a frumsian element to it. Um, and I actually took that, uh, I took that meeting, God, Ryan, what was that, two years two ago? Two years ago. Two E3s ago now? Yeah. I took that meeting, and behind closed doors, they showed off a bunch of stuff from later in the game, and it is crazy. Like, the demo we all played, it was very cute and Zelda-like. And, like, oh, there's, you've seen that demo so many times. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a hidden bush, and if you turn the camera, you can see a chest you couldn't see before. But the stuff behind the scenes was like a huge, weird, gothic cathedral where when you're, not, when you're not looking, a shadow is moving closer to you, oh. and then you turn <laughs> around, and, and, and then you walk into a room, and it's like there's a chair and a bookcase and a table, and one of them is a monster. And you don't know which one it is, and it's exactly like a mimic from Dungeons and Dragons. Or Prey. Or, or yeah, or, or Prey. Or that part yeah. of Super Mario 64 where the piano isn't a piano. 
<laughs> so it's a it's it's not a new concept, but it's still very effective. But I it's think. a great concept. Um, yeah, spooky. Yeah, and th- there are enemies later on where like you have to link together and combine multiple different items, and they just beat the crap out of this link box. Link together. You hey, say. <laughs> I was thinking that too. I feel like <laughs> Tunic is going to get. It, it's sort of approaching that. Cuphead's that place of, sta- yeah. of like highly anticipated ID at Xbox game being made by a sp- one dude. The, the smallest team, yeah, one, one person in this case, where it's been shown the same demo's been shown a lot at events, and everybody kind of gets to that point of like, okay, I'm just ready for it to come out. Hopefully, it will end up the, the end of the story will be like Cuphead, where the whole thing comes out and it's glorious. Yes. Yeah, there's several several other adventure and action games that I'm waiting for from ID at Xbox, but keep an eye out for them. We'll keep uh, we'll keep our ears to the ground, or <laughs> or uh, listen on, put our heads to the railroad track. You're for the train. Sure. something there, something, <laughs> something going there. on. Anyway, uh, let's talk a little Series <laughs> X. Tuesday, <laughs> that's what you want in 2020. More next gen talk. Uh, so, Microsoft's Larry Herb, better known as Major Nelson, discussed a a deeper level of the quick resume feature on his weekly podcast. He was speaking with Jason Ronald, who's the director of program management at Xbox. And Larry was talking about, he says, uh, he'll probably get in trouble for talking about this, which is always, that's like podcast gold right there. You know, you got to tune in at that point. So he during, uh, and he discovered during a take home test, you know, they've, they have Phil has tweeted about how they have take home, uh, you know, prototype boxes. That's like the one that got photographed and put on the internet. Yeah. Uh, see, oh. So Larry says, one of the things that I was noticing when I was in the lab, when I was playing it, I was switching back and forth just real quickly and seamlessly between games. But then I had to reboot because I had a system update. And then I went back to the game and went right back to it. So it survives, meaning the quick resume, survives a reboot. That's amazing. And uh, Jason Ronald confirming that's the case and saying uh, it's hard to go back to older consoles after using Quick Resume of the Series X. It says, if I just want to have a quick gaming experience, I can instantly jump in, have a great time, and then know that the next time I come back, I'll be right where I was, just like the Switch. So this speaks to me in particular Which because... Is, we should have... Everything should have that feature yeah, forever. I have a big problem with like playing a video game. This actually happened to me last week when I was playing Doom 2016. Yeah. Uh, I was playing the game. I paused it. Because my puppy was eating something. And I went over there and like, stop, shoo, shoo, stop, don't that. And then my girlfriend's like, hey, what do you want for dinner? And I'm like, I don't know, let's make chicken. So we started making dinner and then we made dinner and then we ate dinner. And at some point during this hour and a half process, my Xbox turned off and I had to boot it back up, start from the save point. But now... So your Xbox turns off after that hour of uh, yeah, sleep, good. sleep timer. You just go and turn it back on. And right then back you where you were. Pick right back up, so... Uh, yeah, I guess sort of, sort of a long-winded way of saying I approve and I'm excited for it. You can now make chicken without any fear. <laughs> Take care of your dog. Take care of your, your dinner. Yes. Don't no, lose, it, don't it lose your cool, though, that I mean, I, I think nobody was necessarily expecting it to to survive a reboot. Like, if you, if you I think most people you think, oh, yeah, if I have to reboot something, kind of we're starting fresh here. So the fact that it's still instant, it's still quick resumes, yeah. Nicely done. I'd love to like know yourself. how that works. Yeah. Uh, I imagine it's some sort of like similar to how it works now with a low power mode where it's it's off, but it's, you know, not really off. It's slightly off. Yeah. It's mostly off. 
Um, but it's still got enough juice in it to like run necessary systems. I honestly have no idea. I'd love for the hardware team to the hardware team to like explain it on the Xbox blog. They are invited here anytime or on IGN. Yeah, come on in. We'll talk. It'll be fun. That's such a cool feature. Yes, yeah, I like agreed. It. Uh, finally, this week, Phil Spencer uh, sat down with Ted Price in kind of a developers interviewing developers thing. It's a series that Ted Price has been doing. Yeah. They shot this at. Dice in Vegas uh, last month and just published it. And uh, Phil saying that physical Xbox consoles are probably not going anywhere yet, even as the cloud becomes more prevalent. So there was a topic uh, on this. This came up on the on whether the, the industry is going to move to just cloud stuff. If, if the future of the gaming industry, we're just heading for the cloud and never turning back. Phil saying, quote, I hope not. I think it's going to have a game console plug or I think I'm going to have a game console plugged into my television for the next decade plus. I think the best way for me to play on my television is going to be having a device that downloads the games I want to play. But sometimes I'm not going to be in front of my television. Sometimes I'm not in front of a device that has a native capability to play. That's our bet on cloud. So effectively, he's saying still going to have the set top boxes for a while. We're going to augment that with the xCloud streaming experience. And I, it's it's kind of, I don't know, I don't know how you guys feel. I'm kind of reassured yeah. to hear that, to hear <laughs> that we're, the physical machine isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Absolutely. Like, they're not trying to be like, oh, yes, xCloud is the way of the future and you will only have this and this is our entire direction going forward. So, no, 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 no. We still value being able to have your, your games downloaded, have them at home, have them where you're at, have your box. Uh, I think that's really important just because not everyone necessarily has infrastructure to do just like cloud gaming. Mm. It's a little too much to just say, this is what we're going to do right now. And so it is good to say like, hey, for a long time, we're going to have this. And like, that's, it's fine if you don't want to jump on board with the cloud gaming stuff. And it's just more of a convenience feature, a thing that you can have as a good service and not necessarily the only thing you will have in the future. It's great. Yes. Yeah. Especially coming off. Do you, do you guys remember when the one X was first announced? And it, was mm-hmm. like, it was always online and you had to check in once every 24 the, the one, hours. The one. The one yeah. yep. I'm sorry. The one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then it started the, you know, very predictable, media segment of like is this the last console generation right. before we move into just plugging it straight into the back of our heads um so it's <laughs> it's, it's nice jump. it's nice to hear and honestly like everything microsoft has done in the space between the one and where we are now has been about providing options for the ecosystem get into our ecosystem and you can do whatever you want if you want to play it on pc cool one x one s one Series X, doesn't matter. Just get in here. We'll make it work. Trust us. Well, if we don't have an answer, we will have an answer. Um, and xCloud is just another like, hey, are you on a business trip? Are you at a bus stop? You know, do you, are you in carpool? Are you stuck in traffic? Eh, play Gears, you know? I'm Unless all of those things. <laughs> I'm on a business trip my at a bus week. stop in traffic. <laughs> I have anxiety right now. <laughs> yeah, this, this reassures me about the physical box, but notice he says download the games. Is that from the disc you put into it? Like, I'm still worried. No. If I, you want to. Um, yeah, sure. But like, I, I always, um, as someone who loves physical media, um, but also loves things like Game Pass. So I'm not like completely all physical. Um, for me, what I'm worried about is when um, that part goes away or it doesn't maybe it doesn't completely go away, but becomes something like so not prevalent that it's like almost obsolete. Like on I mean, that's what PC gaming is now. Yeah. 
There, there. Yeah. You, you are hard When is the last time you saw a PC <laughs> yeah, game box? Oh, they I don't exist. It's really you? weird. Well, I watch a lot of like I mean, retro YouTubers, so they're like, "Here's my PC collection." It's a bunch of these big boxes, big box games. Yeah. Yeah, I, but I not feel in like real it, life. I feel no. like it was the last one I bought was like maybe Burning Crusade for World of Warcraft, and that was oh. that was years ago. I had, a, I had some Sims game boxes for sure. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. We sh- we could do a fun little feature around the office. What's the last? game you bought you bought physically Retail, on yeah. pc because wow. i still have i have a drawer in my desk that has all of my like classic 90s and 2000s yeah. From, yeah. from like my pc era Just the jewel cases or you yeah. have the cardboard well, marketing I, materials I, I kept a few of the cardboard boxes like uh like my full throttle box because yeah. i actually <laughs> i i nerded out early in my career and i i made the unprofessional move of asking tim schaefer to sign it because i was like I just love that game so much. You know what? I oh. doubt he even remembers. I doubt I it. I think you're fine. It's fine. Well, yeah. be sure to remind him next time we see him. You can. I'll bring I, it. I literally saw him like like <laughs> on Friday. I was, wa- walking I was walking up Brandon Street and he walked right past me wearing a pink t-shirt. And I'm like, that man just is so... That guy, he just has his aura about him. It's just like, I'm Tim Schafer. He's the you best. He's yeah, he's great. He's but yeah, what's the last physical i mean we're gonna be we're gonna be having this conversation about xbox before it's, too long it's funny because um i think i never had any physical pc games like i did play on my computer but i didn't have physical games but it's funny because my old roommates were cleaning up the apartment and they're like hey um i found this and like you work in like games like you cover games and stuff right and they gave me a physical pc copy of the witcher and i was like of one witcher one i think witcher three i don't remember three, i remember okay. like or maybe it was two. two. It was Witcher it was two, two, yeah. yeah. And I was it was on PC, and I was like, "Cool!" And I'm like, "Does anyone want this? <laughs> yeah, what do we I do? Like, what is I this put it relic? on the free table at work, and I I don't know what happened to it. Someone probably just threw it. My in, computer in the carpet. doesn't have a disc drive. Yeah, yeah. I'm not purchase a disc drive for my computer yeah very long so you know i, I do is, think it's it, inevitable that yeah. the lockhart that that will yeah. happen with consoles and i understand that but as someone that loves physical media like i'm just clinging on for dear life i think there's there's always those companies like limited run and others that will kind yeah, of put out of physical media for special digital yeah. games and stuff and it's a so i think that's a oh, limited run just last week limited runs great. i saw mm-hmm. a a post uh for they're doing a physical re-release of the Secret of Monkey Island for Sega CD. Oh, nice. Which is just like the most left field, but kind of awesome It's thing. a niche demographic. Yeah. It's a niche yeah. demographic. Uh, I, I think couldn't it, help but. But like those people, though, are so excited. Absolutely. And I, and yeah. I think that's what's so cool about limited run games mm-hmm. because it's like off the beaten path, hyper specific stuff. I mean, I have the. It's buying a collector's the edition. The Jack and Daxter yeah. collection, it, collector's edition. I can't speak today. Like on my desk. And like, I don't know how many people were as hyped as. Well, obviously a lot because it sold out, but like as I was, <laughs> but. The few of us that were could do that, um, which is cool. And I like that Limited Run does that. But I also like that these larger games do get physical releases. And, you know, we'll see how long that goes for. Xbox had the the discless the sad. version, the sad. sad. Xbox. Um, sad. And we do know that they did try to pull that with the uh, with the one initially, which they backpedaled from and, and are now have a, have a very different approach. But it always kind of feels like I feel like you showed me where you wanted to go, at least at one point. And even though you backed off and showed me something else, that's kind of in the back of my head at all yeah. times. Yeah, well, well, I guess the devil's advocate argument would be like, okay, Phil's saying this now in 2020, but what if a few years down the line, what if xCloud ends up actually being everything Microsoft has talked about and said it will, uh, and 5G comes along, uh, 5G wireless cellular technology comes along and is 
prevalent and great. Like maybe it's it's not out of the question that he changes his mind if if streaming can get that good in, in 10 the next years. In the next five, you know, five years. There'll probably still be something out as an option, though. I I still don't have fiber, and I live in the Bay Area. (laughs) I don't know. Like, if it's different with 5G and stuff. Yeah. We're in one of the, if not the tech capital of America. Like, infrastructure to support the internet is not, it's just not there across, like, coast to coast, you know? There are large... uh, chunks of the U.S. that still don't have broadband. I think there's also just so much yeah. value in having the shelf space of it and having it out there and like it, it being a product, even if it's not going to be the most profitable sector of Microsoft in terms of their gaming division, I think that will keep it alive, maybe even for longer than it needs to be just because yeah. there is something cool about going hands-on and seeing it and having it rather than it kind of being in the ether. You know, I think that like, you know, people react differently to it, uh, certainly in like in our coverage, even just people were so, you know, interested in the, the cool mock-up that our uh, design team made. And that was just a cardboard version of the console, let alone like the actual, when the actual one comes around. And I think that that kind of hype level will exist for uh, a while. Can you just imagine the excited kid on Christmas morning, ten, you know, <laughs> 10 years from now, it's opens, just a, opens a really light box. Yeah, it's just and a there's, it's piece just, of cardboard. It just it just has a little note in there that says X Cloud. Yeah. Like, hey, my new console. <laughs> my present is all around me. My first console was just in the air. Yeah. <laughs> just the network. Uh, yes. Yeah, I think it's supply and demand, really. And it speaks back to your physical, your physical edition of games, right? It's. Every once in a while, we get a press release. We're like, hey, Darling Indie Game is getting a physical retail release. That is big for that because normally it's digital only. Yeah. You know, as long as there's a sector of your market that consumes games physically, it's, there are going to be physical editions. But as we start to move toward this sort of digital thing, I think we'll, I think within this console generation, we're going to see a major AAA game not do a physical release. Wow, that's a that's a, that's a bold, bold prediction, bold but fair yeah. prediction. Well, are you well, willing to bet some in and out for it? Uh, you know what? <laughs> if we still know each other in five years, <laughs> yes. If a, if an asteroid hasn't hit the Earth, and I think it'll be later than April. Five years. April. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call it to be later than five years. So, so, so you're you're, you're just gonna, over. You're just gonna price is right me. We have five to go years, under. Bob. Five years in a day, Bob. <laughs> Yes, All right. man. Drew carries the host now. Come on. Mm-hmm. Show a little respect. It'll always be Bob to me. Uh, finally this week, Miranda reminding me about a uh, new Halo release that happened. Yay! Combat Evolved is on PC. Yeah. That's what we got. They're moving through. They're, they said they were going to go in universe chronology, chronological order. So Reach, CE, 2, and then... It should be OD- Halo 3 ODST after 2, since it takes place during the events of Halo 2, then 3, then 4, then 5. Makes total sense to me. I guess 5 is not part of Master Chief Collection, so never mind. So 3, then 4. Right? I mean, I think I've got if it you want to You could have said anything. If you want to go story <laughs> timeline versus release. That's what, that's what they're doing. Uh, they're doing story timeline? That's what they that's said. They did reach first. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. I'll just go and shut up now. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not pulling your leg. Oh, that's fine. That's it's fine. a real thing. Good. It's a real thing that's happening. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah so. Common Evolves on Steam, on PC retailers, yeah. ready to go. It'll be nice. Uh, I actually want to take a look at it because, I mean, I've, I played a lot of the Gearbox PC version from 
15, what, 18 years ago, whatever it was. And, wow. wh- and what was it called, Ryan? <laughs> it was like Halo. You told me this morning. It was just Halo PC. Oh, I thought it was like Vista or something. Oh, well, that's, ha- sorry, that's Halo 2. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, you're right. That, you so remember the next that? Next release, yeah. it was literally Halo 2 Vista because it was for Windows Vista. Jesus. I remember and it Vista. Had, <laughs> The, the two extra maps that the multiplayer maps mm-hmm. that they included in Vista, which are in Master Chief Collection, are they're the only two maps I'd never seen before. Uh, Miranda's Don't dropping it. stuff. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Telling on you. Telling on you. <laughs> they're the only two maps I'd never seen until yeah. Master Chief Collection came out. Yeah, they're uh, they were clearly cutting room floor maps after the mm. fact. Yeah, they're because uh, I say that because Halo Two has in my opinion, the greatest, highest quality collection of maps. There are so few duds. There really aren't even any duds, but these two are duds. <laughs> the Windows two, the two Windows Vista maps, not yeah. so good. It's been so long. I, don't, I, I bet if you put them all in the lineup, I wouldn't even be able to pick them out. Oh, I think you would. Uh, maybe. You'd be like, wait, what are these? Like, I know these. It sounds like a fun game. Like, I, I remember Midship and see, I, I might actually call them by their wrong names since they've released the same maps multiple so times. times. Yeah. I remember Midship. I remember <laughs> Battle Creek or was it Beaver Creek at that uh, point? Battle was first. Beaver was second, I believe. I right, Miranda? Correct. Yeah. I think that's correct. And then, you know, Blood Gulch or mm-hmm. I believe at that point it was Coagulation correct. and Halo yes, 2. Sir. Then it was Hemorrhage. Right? Uh, th- yes, that was one of the later, the yeah. next versions. Anyway, point is, I know stuff. Uh, <laughs> Drop, but see, but what you, other- you remember the the peak ones, right? Like you remember the ones Ivory Tower. Oh my God, Ivory Tower. Yeah, that was a great one. So many good ones. <laughs> anyway, Jen, every I'm just like every few ooh, times let's. we talk about Halo, we just talk about these maps. We get real sorry. excited because they're excellent. But see, sorry, again. they're excellent. There's so many people out there listening. To me like, yeah, I remember that because we all do. And it was, it was just a great time. Terminal, Foundry, was it was Foundry? Foundation, Foundation. Yeah. yeah, which you un- when the game first came out, you would unlock it by finishing the single player campaign, and it was a remake of a marathon map. Yeah, way from Bungie's past. Mapcast. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what? They wouldn't mind. No, <laughs> no, My point no, great. is, most shooters with great multiplayer, you could name. Fifteen years later, you you might be able to name two maps, maybe three maps. With Halo Two, I can name a dozen maps. Yeah, and that just speaks how oh how good it was. What's your what do you it still is because Master Chief Collection's good. Map design. It's, it's good again. Yeah, it no fixed one's... it. It's great now. Nine point five. Although we're not grading on that scale anymore, but we did. <laughs> yeah. It's a nine or a ten, it's Ryan. Nine point five now. Pick your grave. <laughs> well, on the next re-review, I'll have yeah. to choose between nine and ten. Um, can you remember Guardian from Halo Three? Anyway, yes, yes. yeah, good maps. Yes, I do. Halo, yes. a lot of great maps. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, let's do the loot box question as we move oh, towards wow. the end of the show. We've been sitting on this one for a while. Dude. Uh, it's welcome to Miranda Week. Hello. On Unlocked. Michael from Portland, Oregon. I want to thank Miranda for advocating for Outer Wilds. Never heard of it. I recently finished the game and I absolutely loved it. To me, it was more than a game. It was a piece of art that left an emotional impact on me. However, after completing it, I feel empty. I find it hard starting other games now knowing there's nothing else like it. Share a time a game affected you so much emotionally that you found it hard to keep gaming. What did you do to get out of this funk? 
God. Uh, yeah, I had to take like a few minutes break after, no, not a few minutes, it was like an hour. It's like, man, I just need to like cool down. Yeah. Like there's like a very big emotional payoff at the end if you kind of go through everything. Um, at least I find it to be that way and I'm glad, Michael, that you did too. Um, for me, I definitely can like just think about really big games that just just hit me. It's like Undertale, the first time I played Ocarina of Time, Breath of the Wild had some of that too. Um, what I do usually is I just give it a little time to breathe, right? Like like sit with that feeling. That's such a great feeling and it's so rare to find games that can impact you like that. Yeah. Like it's okay just to Very like true. sit with it and I don't know, go outside, go on a walk. I don't just like process it a little bit and like just like talk to somebody. Yeah. Talk to somebody about it. Yeah, like go advocate like I did for months on, months on end and <laughs> tell people to play it so that they know it exists. Vote Outer Wilds free. 2020. Sorry, which game? Um, there's this other, you know, Outer Worlds. Outer Worlds. <laughs> Outer, Outer Wilds. Outer Worlds is also great. Um, but with Outer Wilds, yes, I totally get that. Um, actually, I've actually gone back to Outer Wilds quite a bit and just flown around mm. um yeah. it's two of the songs are on like my time to go to sleep playlist like nice. so it's just like i kind of keep that persisting through my life in different ways and it's kind of just nice to be reminded of that really emotional moment that i had that was wonderful so i would recommend just living with it brandon you got one of these uh game where i just kind of had to sit with it for a while yeah or, or one way or the other man that's that's hard knocked you back that's hard because we've played so many damn games in in our lives um I'm having trouble recalling like specific ones, but I do have this, I do know that feeling. I've had this yeah. feeling. And this is actually what I look for in video games. As I get older, I'm less worried about my KD or poning the noobs or, you know, like just being very good at a video game. Because um, you're old and bad at video games? Because I'm old and my reaction Even time. hearing you say that, I'm like, you shouldn't be saying that. <laughs> That's how we know you're old. Hello, fellow kids. Uh, Remember that Halo map? Yeah. <laughs> Remember that game that came out in 2004? <laughs> you want to talk about maps? No. Uh, <laughs> DE oh Dust. Um, God, it's just totally derailed my train of thought. Yeah, so this is actually what I look for in games. I look for things that like actually conjure weird emotions or make me look at things differently or change my perspective. Um, I don't know. The, one, the easy one, I think, the easiest one is like Walking Dead Season 1 hit me pretty hard. <gasps> I think Sorry, like buddy. It's not Sorry. have to be an easy one. Sorry, I like, got another one. Yeah, like just something that impacted you. That's no, important. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm trying to like yeah. recall them. Like I have a terrible memory. So no, I get that. Um, <laughs> the other thing, Same. the other one that, that got me pretty good, strangely enough, was um, Spec Ops: The Line. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. it's uh, Walt Williams. Great story. Yeah, Walt Williams wrote that. That that was a really good game. Uh, I think it was Jaeger. Correct. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, story is just super interesting all the way through, and then. Uh, the end. The it does it does like that weird Shyamalan Shyamalan uh, like big twist reveal yeah. at the end where you're just like oh no, and so you you sit and you just steep in this and you steep in like this new perspective that really changes the the meaning behind a lot of what you've done in the past. Um, plus the music in that game is just rad. So yeah. Uh, you know those are a couple of examples of things that like hit me pretty hard. Nice, Janet. You got one? Yeah. Um. Probably a couple. I mean, the first ones that came to mind were What Remains of Edith Finch, which is one of my favorite games of all time. Mm. But the one that I think that I actually remember even more than that was Oxenfree, which I played that game. It's a single player game, but I played it um, with my brother 
and it's like you're kind of walking through it's a little bit spooky and you're kind of uh you're basically you're stuck on this like island and you're trying to find your friends and and get back and kind of you know stay safe basically because you just kind of came there to hang out um but weird stuff's happening so you're adventuring through that island there's some light puzzle solving but it's more so um a narrative game where you're choosing dialogue and making choices that impact what happens to your party or your friends um and that game is so like driven by the sibling relationship between um i forgot the the name of the main girl i forget her name offhand but like her and like her brother michael i think might be his name but it's a lot about their relationship she talks about him a lot i was playing with my brother and when we got to those choices of like what do i tell my brother to do like kind of there's a, a point where without getting too much into spoilers there's kind of like do I choose what keeps him safe? Do I go with what keeps him happier? Do I like roll the dice? Do I do this? And having to make those decisions alongside my brother was just so emotional. Like it just, <laughs> I like felt all of that and uh, and he did as well and we kind of talked about it like during and after like, wow, this is like really heavy kind of reflecting on um, our own relationship in relation to what's happening on screen and making those decisions together was was very very moving um i'd like to echo what miranda said with kind of what the next steps are um i definitely give it time to breathe like i you know chill out afterwards and for me it's about like especially when you're not doing um playing games the way we do where we play for coverage and to talk about it on shows to benefit you guys like when you're not living that life you know you have the freedom to do whatever you want with gaming so what i like to do um as much as i can within this job is you know wait for a game that I feel like playing that I'm like, you know what? I'm interested in this or maybe just like a multiplayer game. Someone says like, hey, let's play some FIFA really quick or something. I'll jump into that. Um, But there's nothing like finding um, your next game that maybe it's not going to emotionally move you, but you're just like, wow, this is really fun. I haven't had this much fun in a game in like a little while. And you just feel like reinvigorated. Like I love what I look for in games is finding games that remind me why I do this job and why I love Mm -hmm. games. And sometimes it's emotional and sometimes it's just for fun. Um, The other thing I like to do, um, and this is more directly building on what Miranda said, is to talk to people about it. So maybe there's other people that played it that you can discuss it with. Um, Maybe it's getting more people to play it so you have more people to discuss it with. Um, I like to seek out uh, articles and podcasts. I haven't read this article yet, but I know Tom did a feature on the Outer Wilds and how uh, it relates to his relationship with death. I've been saving that article for when I eventually play Outer Wilds so I can read it and kind of... I'm not having that conversation with Tom, even though I can. He's in the room, right? He's like down the down a few desks, right? Not in this yeah. room, but um, <laughs> it's it's cool because you kind of feel like you get some insight. One of the first things I did when I beat Inside, I was so interested in the story, is I literally just googled like Inside and explained Inside yeah, detail, and that's I a good one too. And I heard your guys' spoiler cast on it, and I was just like eating it up because I'm like, I need someone to talk about this with or to think about it with. And that's what I turn to articles and podcasts for. So I think if nothing else, like that's something I like to do because it helps me process it and kind of see like, how did you feel about it? How did it impact yeah. you? What, you know, is someone else feeling what I'm feeling? And and that's kind of catharsis for me in those moments. Well, that was both of mine. was <laughs> Walking Dead season one and inside, but that's okay. But to your exact point of like needing to Play talk those games. to someone, yeah. it was b- b- both of those games that just like, really rocked me in a, in a, in a, in an impactful way or which in which a lot of games don't for me is when I finished, I've kind of told the story on unlocked before. So just real quick, when I finished walking dead season one, the end of it, uh, I had to, I had to call Mitch Dyer cause he was the only other person in the office that, cause, that had finished it. Yeah. So it's like, it was 1130 at night and I was like, You're I, I have to call. <laughs> no, I was just like, it's late, but 
I have to talk to someone about this. So I and we just and we just sat there and talked about the game till like midnight. And then with inside, it was the same thing. I we came in and it was just like, I think I was the first one. Yeah, to finish. I think you were. Yeah. And it was just like everyone needs to play this because I need to talk to people about it right now. And finally, you know, got a few people to do it. And and yeah, that that one sat with me for a long time because it's designed to. Mm-hmm. It's designed to. There's. It's it's not it's open to interpretation. Yes. Let's put it that way. Um, but what I what I like to do is I'll usually palate cleanse after a game mm. like that, where it's just if I've just played Walking Dead season one or Inside, it's okay. Well, let's uh, let's fire up Master Chief Collection or Doom. Yeah, just something completely different. I like doing that. It's too. just <laughs> it's just a one eighty from what I've just played, but. Yeah, that's what's uh, that's what's awesome about this medium of games. There's uh, there's there's no shortage of thought provoking games, and then people to talk about them with. Yep, and just my uh, quick reminder: Outer Wilds is on Game Pass. So is in uh, not inside. Uh, so is um, Oxenfree? is Oxen Free. Okay, Thank you. Well. Yes, yeah. glad you glad so you brought Doom that one up. So Doom 2016. Oh, another O game. It is. <laughs> oh yeah, another O game. <laughs> I think so. We're gonna I'm, make this. Oh list. yeah. I'm, yeah. Oh wait. Another, yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. You love games that start with the letter O. Did not love Oxenfree. I, oh, I played wow. it when it came out at launch and it had, is broken. Well, it just had a lot of um, bugs when it came out. You know first, what? First on Xbox. I feel like that might be something, not to totally derail, I know we're wrapping up, but night, maybe <laughs> yeah. Night School has some challenges with that because I started playing After Party really early and I'm like, yeah. and it's an enjoyable game. I'm liking it so far. Have some issues with the depth of field. Not yeah. gonna get into it right now. But I'm like, it's a little it's a little framey. I think it's fine now. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, we talked about this before. It's like when it first came out, like I lost the save state was like so far back and I had to restart twice. Oh, oh it's yeah. Like, it's so hard for me to get yeah. through that yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Stuff now though. Austin yeah. Free's really good. Doom Doom hit Game Pass. Yeah. Nice. Man. That's I how I was playing it recently. I just really downloaded it so getting the disc because I was too lazy to get it. All right. Let's do <laughs> trivia real quick and we gotta get out of here. This one comes tailor made for Miranda. Uh, Dan from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, big fan of Unlocked Yay, and thanks, big fan of Miranda's as well. <clears throat> Here we go. I will go to Miranda last for obvious reasons. Which of the following was not a playable character in the original Fusion Frenzy? Which he says, Dan says, is his fourth favorite original Xbox game. Oh, yeah. He didn't mention what the others were. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to guess Halo 1, Halo 2, maybe KOTOR, maybe Fable. I don't know, but... He likes Fusion Frenzy. So, uh, who, which of these isn't a playable character in Fusion Frenzy 1? Look at me. Simon, Naomi, Zach, or Jet? Miranda, I'll go your way. For, uh, excuse me. Yes. Janet, go I'll Miranda's go your way first. Way first. I'm looking over here. Okay. Janet. I was trying to see I if I could read her Zach. face while you read the Jet. questions. It's like a stone wall. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go. Are you baby yoding it over there? Just with. The... with... <laughs> This is just me guessing, so I don't know why it's taking so long. I'll go with um, Naomi. Okay. That's my answer. BT? I'm going to go with Simon. Because I feel like Zach and Jet are totally fusion frenzy names. And then Naomi is a, you know, round it, round it, go it out. Way. Yeah, <laughs> Simon or Naomi. Yeah, I was either picking the name that was most or least, and I wasn't sure what yeah, to do. Yeah, like Naomi's in the middle. I'm assuming gender on Zach and Jet. I I think they're both guys. Uh, and if we follow that sort of line of thinking, Naomi is a girl's name, so which leaves a Simon as like another guy, but also a little too normal for a game like Fusion Frenzy. Mm. Can't wait for this all to come unraveling <laughs> as, as she's like, no, actually... 
Actually, Jed is a woman. Um, oh, well, there you go. So you got served. Can I, can I tell you the answer now? Please. Simon. Yes! <laughs> Simon is not a character in Fusion Frenzy. Well done. Right answer, wrong Jet, reason. I used to play Still Jet, counts. Jet Still a lot. Counts. I also played Naomi. Jet had uh, pink hair. She, had, she was good. Nice. Let's see. This here. is like Where old math is, when you don't have is. to show your work. Uh, oh, so this is good. So two points for Miranda. Two points for Brandon Tyrell. Destin with just one point because he won't show up for the show. Didn't we get points last week? I feel like we have more what? than just two. Last, what was last week? Uh, it was the week where, where, uh, oh, where Cardi Simon. said the answer, and then we were all like, "Yeah, that's what I was gonna." Pick. Oh yeah, no, I, I did say everybody was gonna get points. You did, it? yeah, and oh, I was wait. like, "Are you sure?" And you're like, "Yeah, why?" Okay, not? so Whatever. wait, so it's three. I'm a merciful. So is that one three. class? Yeah, uh, Destin wasn't here. Okay, that works. This is Gina and Naomi. I apologize to to Jet. We did it. I did not All right, if you smart. have an Xbox <laughs> trivia question or a loot box question that you want to pose to the panel, you can send either of those to the same email address, and that is unlocked at IGN.com. If you're sending in a trivia question, need the question, need the answer, uh, so just mark the answer among the four multiple choice that I uh, request that you send, and we will play again every week until we have another trophy to award yeah. Around the you know at the end of the year when it's when we've got a new console to play on. Yay. Yay. All right. Uh, with that, it is time to get going. Janet, you want to plug anything you're working on at IGN, any of your social media channels, et cetera, et cetera? Um, yeah, I'm Game Onesis across uh, all platforms that are out there. Uh, definitely read and and or watch my Ori preview. I'm also doing um, like kind of all of us were involved in some Final Fantasy VII demo, re, sorry, remake demo coverage. So uh, we have a good wiki page, like a walkthrough, how to get the secret ending. Uh, we have a bunch of footage going up. I think we have two more videos dropping on that. So just keep an eye out for any of that coverage. Great. Brandon? Uh, yeah, we put up a boatload of Baldur's Gate coverage. Uh, this No, that was last week. Good Lord. Is it coming uh, to Xbox or is it PC only? It, right now it's PC, PC and only. Stadia only. But... Okay. Uh, Wink, maybe in the future. We asked about consoles and they changed the subject. So who knows? Mm. Um, I mean, it would seem like, especially with a new Xbox coming, that oh, they geez. could yeah. maybe make it work on Great there. Point. Yeah. It's, I don't think it's coming out this year. Maybe. It's coming to early access this spring for sure. But anyway, you can go find all our Baldur's Gate coverage. That game is so dope, especially if you like uh, tabletop RPGs. Outside that, if you like Ori stuff, stay tuned. Uh, and if you... I don't know, like video games, you're already in the right place right here at IGN.com. Well done. Thanks. (laughs) Miranda? Uh, Well, I will try to close out after that, kind of. (laughs) Bam. Um, A little bit continue on that. (laughs) Anyway, uh, I reviewed the new My Hero Academia movie, My Hero Academia Heroes Rising, so you can read that review. Uh, In other very important news, if you're watching the video version or if you follow me on Instagram or Twitter, you will know that I have a new Gears mug, and I'm very excited. Uh, unfortunately, my old one was either stolen or broken. We don't know what That is some BS I, right there. I think I left it in, in the sink when I was, I was going to wash it, and then I got distracted and didn't come back to get it for the first time. Every single time I wash it, bring it back to my desk. First time. All it takes never is one. That's why we need quick resume. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. You never know when you get distracted. <laughs> we'll get distracted. Um, so... Yeah, who knows was, what happened to it, but Rod Ferguson was very kind. Uh, that's really cool. Vancouver, he Rod's benevolent that. final act as the head of the studio was, at yeah. the coalition. It was very, very nice of him to reach out. And it was like a presidential him, so. pardon on his way out of office. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my God. That was beautiful. Oh, man. Well right? said. Thank anyway. you. Uh, and I have some cool Xbox stuff coming up next week. So Excellent. And I think I saw on that. Twitter today's Rod's first day of Blizzard. So. Yeah. yeah. Good luck to that. him. 
It's good stuff. I'm so excited. Uh, As for me, you can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. And I am uh, heading up along with Tom Marks. The IGN first month-long coverage on a game that's sadly not coming to Xbox, but makes me very happy as a as a human and as a video game player. And that is Half-Life Alex, which oh, it's a new Half-Life, man. I've played four hours of it. Yeah. Thanks. God, I hate I hated leaving there without finishing the game. That was a that was a painful one to pull myself away from. We got a lot coming up all month long, starting with uh, right now nine minutes. A nine-minute stretch of gameplay. You can kind of really see it in action, see what it's all about, see what Half-Life in VR looks like. And that's out real soon, right? It's coming out towards the end of the month, yeah, oh, March 23rd. But wow. we've, got a, we've got a couple of things coming out yeah. after the game's out for spoiler reasons. Mm-hmm. So Makes sense. That'll be good. So check out all that coverage all month long. And that'll do it for Miranda, Brandon, and Janet, I'm Ryan. This was unlocked 433, I think. Yeah, 433. Getting up there. We will see you guys next week. What is this? Where's outro button? Nope. <laughs>